0: If you enjoy podcasts like this, you should check out our other shows on Health Podcast Network. For example, Hopeful Hints, hosted by Dr. Tara, guides and supports those on the often challenging and isolating journey of women's health concerns and infertility. There's a particularly powerful episode that you should check out called All Things Endometriosis, which dives deep into understanding the condition to help the many women who suffer from endometriosis and have no idea they have it. And healthcare providers who are uneducated about it, making the diagnosis process so difficult. Check out Hopeful Hints on your favorite podcast platform or visit healthpodcastnetwork.com. with Be better do better. Better. Better, we to Erica. Be better do better.
1: Better Nation, welcome to this brand new episode of Better with Dr. Erica. This episode we will be discussing shifting your why from simply being based on achievement, but we're also going to have a discussion on aesthetics. So we're doing some of all the things today. Everyone wants to look and feel better, so I love discussing aesthetics with an expert to help you feel beautiful or handsome in a way that is safe and feels good to you. My special guest for this episode is Dr. Netta Hovezi, who is a dentist Aesthetics expert, serial entrepreneur, fashionista, and founder of Achievaholics Anonymous. (laughs) Doesn't that sound cool? feel like you need a t-shirt. Questions this episode will answer. Why does your why matter? How can achievement being your primary why lead to burnout and exhaustion? What does the mantra beauty is the illumination of the soul actually mean? How do you move past achievement to feel fulfilled and whole? Now, no matter your gender profession or where you are in your journey, there is something for you in this episode to help you be better, do better, and live better. And you know I am here to help you get to that better life. Because you know what? You deserve it. So rather than me tell you all about the episode, why don't I stop talking so you can hear it? See you on the other side. Better with Dr. Erica. Hey, Better Nation, welcome to a brand new episode of Better with Dr. Erica. And I have to give you just a little peek backstage. I had so much fun talking to my current guest. We almost didn't even start this podcast. At some point I realized, I guess at some point we should record and not just be chatting because I feel like I have made a new friend. So you got something, I get something. This is is really working out really well. So as you know, This is just for educational purposes only. Technically, we both have titles of doctor. You know y'all aren't our patients because this is not how we deliver care. So I just want to remind you this is for educational purposes only. And then we need to get to it. Now, you know, since about season two, I stopped reading bios. I did score very well on the ACT. But it's not the best use of my skills just reading a bio. It's kind of boring. So I'm going to say one brief thing about her because she's like super cool and plus her name is like it sounds like she should be famous I don't know if she thinks she's famous or she's gonna be really famous just because her name just sounds like she's a celebrity so the cool name the celebrity name her real name is Dr. Netta Hovezi. isn't that cool doesn't that just sound like I mean, I'm ready to give her my arm through the screen so I can get an autograph. Because she's just that great. So just to give you a little bit of info on Dr. Netta, she is a dentist. She is an aesthetics expert. She's a serial entrepreneur. She's a fashionista and the founder of Achievaholics Anonymous and soon to be published author. I mean, that's literally all of the things. And I wonder, am I uh, I probably am an holic too. <laughs> what had happened was. But Dr. Netta, can you tell the people a little bit about yourself?
2: Absolutely. Well, thank you. First of all, Dr. Erica, I feel like I want to reach out into the screen and give <laughs> you a big fat kiss because you are so sweet. You You are just wonderful. I can tell you're wonderful inside and you're absolutely gorgeous. I don't know why we don't do video. Because you are absolutely beautiful inside and out. And thank you for having me um, on your podcast. I'm so excited to be here. And yeah, just a little bit about who I am and what I do. I started off, um, I say I, I'm a dentist by, by training, aesthetics expert by passion, and I am on my mission. I am on the road of fulfilling mm-hmm. my purpose now. So I'm, I'm really excited for this new chapter of, um, becoming more of a, like a, 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 somebody who speaks somebody who mm-hmm. I, I want to say, um, public figure, but you know, I'm a little nervous to say that word. Cause what exactly is that? But thank you for considering my name famous.
1: So at least we've got that checked off. Yeah. <laughs> I, <I'll> <laughs> I mean, it, it, you know, there are just some names that just sound like something special. I was like, this one is, this is one of them. And I hear a lot of names. Aw, like, yeah, this, you. this one right here. So, so that the people could get to know you just a little bit better. What are you watching, binge watching, listening or reading right now? Cause you know, some people like to binge watch, some don't, some read a book. I'm wondering what are you into right now?
2: Honestly, I really, um, my dental office, we, uh, we have these big TVs in each operatory and everybody gets to watch Netflix during their downtime. Uh-huh. Um, sometimes when we're making a crown or doing something that's all in the same day, they have like about 45 minutes where they get Mm -hmm. to watch something. And so that's really where I pick up on like what's trending and what's new. So Netflix is really our go-to. Dr. Erica, I wish I could tell you I was watching something, but I am literally (laughs) answering emails, writing content (laughs) for online, um, following up with with people that have reached out to me. so It's very um, much, I used to love like the housewives and I Uh love like all the reality TV shows. The Kardashians are by far my favorite, Mm
0: -hmm. but I really
2: have no time for any of that anymore. And I I miss it, but not so much. Like I'm so excited about not just watching, but actually doing. And Mm -hmm. um, I think that's what these reality TV shows are all about. Anyways, it's kind of giving you a glimpse into a life that's not your own and, I'm all about like make the life you want into your own.
1: I am here for it, and the the great thing is, I will tell you the same thing that I tell everyone I work with: there are no right or wrong answers. So, I am excited and intrigued by your answers. So it worked out just fine. Thank you. Um, and I, you make me wish my dentist was one of those super. Um, if you're listening, I still, I still love you, Dennis. <laughs> but, um, I, I don't, he doesn't have like the, I have friends that have those in their offices too, but no, I don't, I don't get to watch TV. I'm sure your dentist
2: is he leads with love regardless.
1: Oh, he does. I watch the show on the back of my eyelids sometimes. <laughs> I love that. That is what I do. So let's go ahead and get into it. So I'm really curious because we already talked about how you do all of the things. Can you discuss when? just let us know, know about this journey from dentist to aesthetics expert to entrepreneur? How did all of this happen? Yeah, absolutely. So
2: I when I was four years old, my uh it was my first dental dental appointment and my I remember like vivid as day um going and my mom taking me and on my way out in the parking lot the leaves were like turning colors and I was like I'm gonna be a dentist when I grow up. That was so much fun and I, I could just see my mom, okay honey, yeah, that's that's cool. Um, but it really stuck and um through high school I did like internships and dental offices and then You know when you just get an idea in your head and and you you make it, you believe that that's what your future Mm -hmm. is? And so there really nothing else came into my mind. I was just very focused on doing well in high school, college, and then going on to dental school. Um, As I know a lot of high-achieving people Mm -hmm. are, they're very – determined and focused. And so when I graduated um, dental school, actually right before I got engaged to my now husband. And so he was in residency up in Boston. So from Virginia, and I love hearing your accent because it Mm -hmm. reminds me of home. I don't know where you're from.
1: I'm originally from St. Louis, but I live in Georgia. I've spent Ah. a lot of time in the South.
2: Yes, so I miss it so very much um, because I live in Massachusetts, which is fabulous as well. But there's something warm and cozy about home um, that I miss. And um, it could just be the weather too, but the accent is (laughs) fabulous. So when he was in residency, um, I moved up to Boston. uh, And this is really where I I began my life as a dentist. Um, And all through kind of dental school, I did... um, I worked at like Mac and Bobby Brown as a makeup artist mm-hmm. and it really lit a fire in my heart. Like I knew I wanted to do aesthetics. Actually, even before then, I re- remember playing with dolls and like doing their hair. And I was like, mom, I oh. want to do hair and be a dentist. She's like, okay, honey, well the do hair can be your hobby and then you can be a dentist. And you know, that's probably the best advice she had for me. Cause she was like, I don't know what career has both of those oh, wow. things in it. But um, as I kind of matured both, physically, mentally, but also emotionally, I, um, recognize that, okay, well, there's an aesthetic aspect to dentistry. And then, um, as time went on, the dentists were able to do Botox and fillers. Gotcha. I got trained on that immediately. And, um, s- such started like just doing Botox and fillers in the dental practice. Um, you asked me how I became an entrepreneur and I missed that part. I was working. Oh, it's okay. It's okay. okay. To go back. <laughs> We got time. Yeah. So I, I, am really very, um, I grew up in a family that's all about kind of your intentions and that life is not about money and um, your, how, how you leave the world behind is more Mm -hmm. important than like the instant moment. And I think there's a lot of flaws to that too, but I think it built me up as a person who wasn't willing to work, um, just for money. And so my first dental job in Boston was very, um, production driven and, um, there were, you know, goals obviously as in every business, but sometimes, um, it was, they wanted you to to stretch some truths to get to those goals. And I wasn't willing to do that. And so that is where I I began my practice. It was nine months into um, working that I was like, I can't do this anymore. And um, I started my practice um, and it really was the best gift. I I actually was fired from my first job because I stood up to the owner and said, this isn't right. Um, Mm. And there were a slew of other things as well. But I think I was very shocked because I was a really, uh, I was an asset to the practice. And so when I was fired at like 4 a.m. one morning, I was like sobbing like, what's wrong with me? Like even this awful Mm -hmm. dentist doesn't want me to work for him. But I already had been looking into moving and like either going into work somewhere else or buying my own practice. And so it was already a thought in my head. And honestly, he couldn't have given me a better gift because he really, nudged me through the door and oh. it was like sink or swim honey sink or swim.
1: Oh uh, I, I I love that the door he nudged the door and you went ahead and walked through it instead of holding on to the edges. Yes,
2: absolutely. And so I had a lot of support. My my husband was like, you know, I'm in school, you're gonna take on a lot of debt. What's the worst thing that's gonna happen? You're gonna fail and we're gonna be in more debt. So it's okay. Yeah. <laughs> um and yeah, so I mean, I had a lot of um, support in a lot of from a lot of places, and um, I believed in myself as well. And I think that that's first and foremost with anybody. Like, there's nothing special about me other than that I I wanted big things, I believed they were possible, and I expected them to happen. Um, and I think that's my secret formula. I'm sure other people have different ways of saying it, but I really do think there's nothing. There's something special about all of us, nothing more so than anybody else. And that was really, um, that's been what's been, what's helped me become successful in everything mm-hmm. that I, I, I've achieved everything I've ever wanted. And I continue to set newer standards and bigger standards and, and that whole achieve a mentality. Um, what I found is that it's really has to do with like, what's the motivator that wants you to, that causes you to achieve rather than the achievement itself, because at first I was achieving to prove myself. I was achieving to my parents are immigrants from Iran mm-hmm. and I was the first generation born here. And it was very important for me to prove that they're the sacrifices they made of living far away from home and starting a life somewhere that's foreign and, and different language in a different society. Um, it was very important for me that they feel that, that those sacrifices were well worth it. and right. um, so that was a lot of my motivators, and it really a piece of me died with every achievement because I was exhausted, I was overworked, and um, the fulfillment was coming from the wrong place because I the motivator was the wrong motivator. But when I recognize that I can achieve all the things that I want, when I shift the motivator to becoming more of who I am and becoming a, a self-expression, an external expression of myself and become more in alignment with who I am and my dreams and desires, then like each achievement actually fuels me more and and fuels the whole system more. Rather than giving of myself, I'm actually like building myself up. And I always say it's a feeling and and you almost have to feel it to know what I'm talking about. But I'm sure you've been there as a fellow Achieveaholic. You know what I'm talking about.
1: Yes. And one of the things I'm interested – well, I can't talk today – One of the things I'm interested to hear about is is kind of that transition and how you felt in that moment when you're getting pushed out the door and fired from your first job, even though it sounds like you were good at it, and how that felt, and then how you transitioned into looking to start your own practice.
2: Yeah, absolutely. So when I got that email first thing in the morning, that email had been sent out to
1: Oh, wait, it was an email?
2: It was an email, yeah. And I don't even check my emails first in the morning, but I think because I knew um, we had a little bit of an explosive conversation the day before... I don't know. Maybe subconsciously I had a feeling. Um, And so I had checked my email, but he had sent that email to everybody in the office. So everybody knew. And I was getting text messages um, later on. I had already read it, but I I was getting text messages later on that, you know, what, where is this coming from? Like, this was such a stupid, like, he's so dumb for doing this. Um, And I think um, it was just... Again, I, it was a shock to my system, but it was the best shock to my system mm-hmm. ever. I always say he he screwed me over once, but he gave me my future ten times over. Mm-hmm. Every year he gave me a gift. Every everything that I learned from there on out was a gift. And um, actually, I say I screwed him over every a lot more than he screwed me. <laughs> but let's keep that out of this. <laughs> And I used a different word, Dr. Erica. <laughs> um, but you were saying, you asked me, sorry, again. You oh, you answered it. You did I answered it. it. Uh, you, oh, you and did then it. I went on to um, really, um, I found my practice on Craigslist because I was oh, like, wow. I don't know. I mean, I was one year out of dental school. I was Googling like dental practice for sale and it just came up on Craigslist. So it was it goes to show that if you have an intention, there's nothing going, that nothing will be, well, nothing can stop you if you have an intention and that you believe in it. Um, you'll find a way. It may not be the traditional way. It might not be mm-hmm. through a broker. It may not be through a, a company, but you'll figure it out and it'll all be the perfect path for you.
1: I mean, but what better story? I mean, <laughs> I never would have thought that the next thing out of your mouth was going to be, I found my dent- dental proc. Press. I can't talk. Don't even, you don't even have to bother to edit this because apparently I just can't talk, and that's going to be part of the realness of this episode. I still can't believe that you you found your practice on Craigslist. I love it anymore. I feel like there's no, I, even I don't, anymore. I don't know. I, I think my, my aunt for a while was still finding random furniture on there <laughs> underscore random furniture she did not need. But. <laughs> I
2: love that. I love that. Did you hear the dog?
1: Yes, but that that's just real life. This podcast today, we're just going to call this the real life real episode. Real life podcast. But I want all you listeners to know out there that you can't see these adorable dogs. They are some of the cutest dogs. Like, Like if you looked up cute dog in the dictionary and it was dogs other than my fur brothers, it would be her dogs.
2: Thank you so much. Yes, they are so near and dear to my heart. And they are like my little um, guard dogs. Like they don't want anybody to come near me. Not even my children. My children, they're like very jealous <laughs> of
0: my kids.
1: I, <laughs> I mean, they are, they are totally precious. And I was, I was chuckling to myself when you mentioned the difference of where I live versus Boston. I've, I've spent a lot of time in Boston. I was just there for a few weeks, a week ago. Oh, that's awesome. I wish I had known. I spend a lot of time up there. I miss the food, though. I miss feeling like I can get dependable oysters anywhere.
2: Yes, this is true. But when you are up here, you don't eat them as much. Like I feel like I used to think the same thing, like lobster especially, um, oyster, like you said. But I really miss hush puppies from down south, and they don't have that here in like seafood places. Yeah. And I remember going to like Savannah and Marblehead. Marblehead? No, that's up here. Hilton Head. Hilton Head. And um and um the hush puppies. Like I came up here and I was like, I want hush puppies. And they're like, we I hadn't even thought
1: about that. That you aren't gonna get hush puppies and you are not gonna get grits.
2: No, you are not. They're gonna give you like soggy oatmeal and call it grits, but it's not. No, it's not.
1: But I feel bad because then people down here will be like, oh, I go here for a lobster roll. I'm like, I do not eat lobster rolls outside of New England unless I'm literally feening because I just don't want to set myself up for disappointment. Because I spend so much time up there that I'm like, I'm, I just feel a little sketch. I just don't know what's what's going to happen with this lobster roll in Atlanta.
2: What do you do? What do you do up here in Boston?
1: Um, I do some hospital coverage up there,
2: okay. Beautiful. and i and I did
1: my child and adolescent psych training up at um, children's. So. Oh, that's awesome. I didn't so realize I, that. so yes, I do intermittent I've been doing intermittent coverage in Boston for about eleven years.
2: Oh my god! Next time you're in town, you have to let me know. We'll go out to dinner. You can stay with me. I'm, I'm Persian, so we love having guests.
1: <laughs> well, thank you, and I, I love it. I, it's like I always feel like I I finally went to another. I'd heard about Mistral, and I'd never been. I finally went, and all I know is um, it was worth leaving my eating plan because that pizza flatbread situation with the truff, truffle and the beef tartare and who would have thought to put mashed potatoes oh my gosh that was that that was something heaven sent
2: delicious I have to tell you a funny story about Mistral. I also went there um I haven't been in a little bit but I I went um a few years ago with a bunch of friends and um we asked the waiter I always ask like what's your Mm -hmm. favorite thing on the menu and he said, the truffle fries. And I was like, okay, let's get the truffle fries. And I think we ordered like three for the table. Uh-huh. Truffle
1: fries are like $100. <gasps> <laughs> I guess they're like, we have real truffles. We're not <laughs> using truffle oil. We are grating truffles. I can't.
0: $100. The only I reason
1: I can believe it is it was Mistral. Yeah. The
2: bill came and my friends were like, what did you order, Netta? And I was like, I, I ordered fries for the table. I don't know. <laughs>
0: Maybe I mean, like have
2: been back. I was so embarrassed because everybody—we're oh. like, gonna have to—we're gonna all pay for it. I'm
1: like, yeah, I could pay for it. I'm so, I'm so sorry. That is hilarious, but that's another one of those regional things. I, I don't know why they do truffle fries really good in New England, and they can make truffle fries down here that are decent, but like some of my favorite truffle fries are in the vineyard. <laughs> oh, I love that.
2: You know, I, haven't, so I haven't been to Martha's Vineyard yet. Can you believe
1: that? I can because it took me a million years. Like I lived in Boston. I just finally went up, I think for the first time, five or six years ago.
2: Oh, wow. Yeah. I got my, my friend who I was telling you about, who's like an aunt to my kids. Um, she uh, is from Nantucket. And so we go to Nantucket a lot to her family home. And um, I feel like you either like, it's kind of a polarized thing. Yeah. Like you either do this Island or the other Island. But I, I'm looking forward to going. I'm gonna get the name of the place for the truffle fries. I'm sure, they're not a hundred bucks.
1: <laughs> no, no, they are not, and they are glorious. They Next are time glorious. you're here,
2: we'll go to. Um, there's a new hotel, restaurant, apartment complex uh, called um, Raffles um, okay. in Boston, and I just went, and like it's amazing. The restaurants they have are amazing. <sighs> the drinks—I don't know if you like drinks, but they have amazing drinks. So we'll go together
1: there. Well, I I love that. I have my social calendars getting booked while we do this podcast. Absolutely. Better with Dr. Erica. It's time for What's Up with Dr. Erica. If you don't already know, one thing that consistently brings me joy is tea. I totally love tea. One of my favorite things is to go to tea rooms and tea shops and soak up the great energy. Y'all know I'm a people person. I recently needed to get out of the house because my couch was calling me. I knew I would get absolutely nothing done if I stayed on that couch. I love taking moments to experience life spontaneously. So when I have time, I'll let my intuition guide where I go and what I do. This day, I was out and about and knew that if I went home, my couch would hold me captive like the tractor beam from the Death Star on Star Wars. I was not about that life. I found myself driving to Brooklyn Tea, since I had not been there in a while and I ended up having the best time. I actually ran into old friends, met new friends, and had some super yummy tea. In addition, I got some work done. On top of all of that, I had my love bucket filled. I encourage you to see where your intuition guides you. Just pick some time and just go wherever you feel like going and do what you just have the inner urge to do. You never know what you'll find. Back to the show.
0: Better with Dr. Erica.
1: So one of the things I I loved when um, reading your information for this podcast was that your mantra is beauty is the illumination of the soul. That just sounds so wonderful. Can you talk some more about that? Yeah.
2: I love that you asked that because I feel like I don't talk about it enough. Um, I, I knew that this was something on my heart ever since I opened my practice. My My dental practice is called Lumiere Dental Spa. Um, and my aesthetic practice is called Lumi Aesthetics. So this idea of illumination, this idea of brightness and that like having a light that shines from you, within you, has always been with me. But I didn't quite understand it so much. And it was during um, COVID, um, right smack in the middle, that I woke up one day and I was like, illumination, like beauty is like your heart coming through um, your face and like everything you do, like that's true beauty. And I couldn't find the right words to say it. Um, And so I got to work and I'm like telling everybody and, and my assistant at the time, she was like Googling the words that I was saying. And then a um, quote came up from, I think his last name is Donahue. I'm not sure um, his first name, but um, he said something to the effect of beauty is the illumination of your soul. And I was like, yes, that is exactly it. Like it is the external representation of your soul and it is illuminating through you um and nothing has spoken to me more than that sentence um and so it became the tagline of my practices um and i think we we added like true beauty and of course we mm-hmm. always like um mention Mr. Donahue. Okay. I, the reason I know it's Donahue and I don't remember his first name is because I think we have his initial and Donahue everywhere. Oh, yeah. <laughs> but um, but yeah, no, I think it, it just kind of s- culminates together my belief and, and what I want to share with my patients all the time is that it's becoming more of who you are rather than changing who you are, fixing your teeth so that you have a smile that you can represent your innermost love and heart through your smile. Um, they say your eyes are the window to your soul, soul, and I say your smile is the window to your heart.
1: Oh, I love it. And I'm I'm really excited about you saying beauty is the illumination of the soul. Um, this is our first time chatting, so you don't know I've gone down this total rabbit hole of Korean dramas and K-pop, which then takes you down this whole rabbit hole of Korean culture and all these rabbit holes. I have
2: heard about this. A lot of people that you would never guess are like talking Korean. I was like, what? (laughs) Where is this coming from? And so I heard about
1: this, but I did not know that about you. Now I can't speak Korean. If someone said, what's, what is something that is my kryptonite of things that I'm horrible at learning new languages? No natural talent whatsoever. Uh, but it's interesting that culture has a very specific aesthetic that they want everyone to have. And even in this country, that I love that you say beauty is the illumination of the soul, because so for off so often, especially in the United States, the beauty standard was Caucasian with very specific specific Caucasian features was the beauty standard. And if you weren't in that. There was nothing you could do about it or you need to get some skin lighteners and some plastic surgery and all of the things. And I really feel like it's so, so important to have such a, a wider view of beauty because everyone can't – number one, everyone shouldn't look alike.
2: No, and but- unfortunately, I mean, I'm in aesthetics, and unfortunately sometimes you go to these conventions and literally everybody looks the same, with the same high cheekbones, the same little button nose, the same lips – And it's beautiful, yes, but it's who are you trying to be? Like, be more you. And I have nothing against aesthetics and fillers and Botox. Mm -hmm. I I live and breathe it. (laughs) But when it, again, it comes down to the motivators. Like, when it makes you more of who you are, it lights you up. It's true beauty. It's the illumination of your soul. But Mm -hmm. when it's it's in wanting to become like somebody else, that's when it becomes dangerous, I think.
1: Well, and the thing is, then you're chasing it. So you're never going to get that feeling of relief or success or, or that you feel really good about yourself if you're still trying to look like someone else or something that's going to take some drastic situation. You know, I think that's one thing that's really been magical is just um, seeing what can actually be done now with combinations of filler and Botox because it's so much more than was years and years ago. I mean, just to see the amount of facial contouring someone can do with just fillers.
2: Yeah. And you know, what's really trending and hot right now, which I'm so excited about because it goes right in line with illumination of your soul. And actually our our second tagline is um, embrace the fountain of you. So Mm -hmm. you're not going after the, this, you know, chasing after the fountain of youth, but rather you, because it's an unlimited unlimited source of enlightenment and energy and And all of the above. But the most exciting thing about all of this is that um, biostimulators are actually the trending um, cosmetic treatment now, instead of injecting fillers or, um, you know, synthetic hyaluronic acid. What we're injecting is biostimulators and proteins that go in and stimulate your body to make its own collagen. So you, one, you oh. can do a lot more and have it look a lot more natural. Obviously, you know, the person that does it and the technique is all very important. Um, but these are like new tools in our tool that we can use that we never had access to before. So I'm really excited about where beauty is going. And, and it's so in line with becoming more of who you are, yeah. your body creating that.
1: Well, and one of the things that was really interesting is I had a facial done a few months ago, and it was the first time anyone had ever used one of those microcurrent devices. Those are fun. I was like,
2: wow. And you're nice and glowy and lifted afterwards.
1: Yes. And I don't even have a lot of stuff that's sagging, but I was like, oh, this cheek, this little jaw situation that was looking a little different because I'd gained some weight. I was like, oh. I, don't I like have to lose that. all this weight to get my job back.
2: <laughs> I love that. Yeah, no, I mean I think it's really awesome when um aesthetic practitioners are are keeping up with like what what the new things are and obviously testing it out themselves before they bring it into their practice. Mm-hmm. I think that's one thing that sets us apart a lot is that We're going to look into all the new stuff and we're going to figure out what's the best of the best and then bring that into the office. We're not just going to like hop on every bandwagon. And so I think there's a lot of trust um, with our community because of that, because we're also very much medical and um, the standards we keep are, are very high and patients know that they can trust when they come into the office.
1: And on that same vein, I'm just kind of curious, especially for my listeners in Better Nation, if someone was looking to have some aesthetics done, what are some things they should look for or questions they should ask to make sure that there was someone that's actually adequately trained to do a good job? Because there are so many, there's such a wide variety of people doing aesthetics especially now that you know as far as the overhead of fillers and Botox isn't as high as some of the higher end equipment of how so there's just a wide variety of people doing it and all of them may not be the absolute best yes what are what are ways that people or what things people should know so that they end up with someone that's actually qualified appropriately trained and able to give them a good result and not have them looking like a bad episode of botched
2: Absolutely. I mean, first and foremost, I hate to say it, but you get what you pay for, um, offices or people who are able to give you really low costs are typically not using the high end products. Um, Mm -hmm. and if they are, I don't know how they're getting it at such low cost. Um, that's the number one question, um, patients ask me when they're kind of, you know, shopping around, um, you get what you pay for. It's really great to ask for photos before and after photos. It's really great to go in for a consultation and really understand like, do you vibe like with the practitioner? Like what do they look like themselves? Mm -hmm. Because I will say as a dentist doing aesthetics, not only like veneers and crown aesthetics, but also um, Botox and filler aesthetics. I get that a lot. Like, oh, you're a dentist. Like why should I trust you? My dermatologist told me like there are dentists doing this stuff and they don't know what they're doing. And I said, absolutely. There are dentists who don't know what they're doing. There are dermatologists who don't know what they're doing. There are nurses and physicians who don't know what they're doing. At the end of the day, it comes down to their training. So ask for what um, training that they've had, how many hours of training they've had and how many years they've been in in practice. Um, I think experience certainly comes with a lot of, um, you know, there's one thing to be certified. There's one thing to be have experience, real mm-hmm. life experience. So all these things are really important. Um, for me, myself, what's important is knowing that if there's some complication, if my practitioner knows how to handle the complication, if they're, okay. if I'm able to contact them over the weekend, um, if they have a protocol for an occlusion, that's the number one, um, worry with, especially with fillers. Um, and it can be really dangerous. I had somebody coming in and said that they had, a aesthetician somewhere, not to be named, in, in a basement somewhere. Mm-hmm. An aesthetician inject them with filler from China. And they only paid a hundred dollars. And I'm like, <laughs> I don't know what to say to you because I don't know what they injected. That sounds You're very scary. Lucky that you didn't have a really bad reaction. Um, but but it distills down to you get what you pay for.
1: Yeah. Well, and I appreciate that because I feel like that's one thing. People don't know what to look for. And so many of these things that kind of, I won't call it really gatekeeping, but they were more contained that now, especially with the explosion of med spas and people adding them as additional services and with different shifts and changes with scope of practice. It's just a really wide variety of People doing things, and I, I find that especially with this kind of work, people have to have also a very good artistic eye, along with some really good sense of symmetry. <laughs> you <Yeah. laughs> know, well, it's just like it, it's 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 not like I just shoot some stuff up somewhere on anybody, and you get what you're looking for. Well, and it's so funny because that's what I say to
2: patients when they say, "What you're a dentist," and I'm like, "And that's what I do all the time: is I inject in the face, and I work on symmetry, and I." Like, know and understand aesthetics probably more than a dermatologist that's not tr- like um, trained in aesthetics. If they're trained in aesthetics, of course, but
0: mm-hmm.
2: what I do just as a dentist, an aesthetic dentist, is so in line with um, cosmetic injectable aesthetics that once I explain it, they're like, oh, I feel like I would not want to go to anybody but a dentist. And I said, you know, I'm a dentist who has a aesthetic practice separate from my dental practice. Mm -hmm. And so we're all very different. I'm not a dentist who's doing one syringe of filler every other week. I'm, I'm a dentist who's doing multiple syringes of filler every week. I'm not a dentist who's doing like one or two Botox cases every month. I, um, it's not just like an add on, like this is a big part of who we are and all our practitioners in our office you know, obviously, keep to that same value. So I, I think that's really what's important is like, what is the experience level and what is the volume, um, and training and the products really important.
1: Well, thank you. I mean, I learned something, but it's, it's helpful. I have to laugh. That's one of the reasons I was like, I will. You, I'm not gonna take some of these weight loss drugs. I was like, I will just take longer because I was like, I do not want to have to start investing in fillers.
2: Well, look um, into sculpture. Sculpture is fabulous. It's that biostimulator.
1: Well, and the thing that's great right now is I just, it's just slow and steady wins the race with the weight loss. And I use really good face products.
2: I love that. You are absolutely stunning. I mean, you're oh, so thank beautiful. you. You're glowing. I, I, whatever you're doing, it's working. So keep it thank up. Thank
1: you. I've somehow managed to make it to 50 with no wrinkles. So oh my God. good
2: jeans. Lots of I, illumination
1: of your soul. I'm I'm very blessed. <laughs> and I eat a lot I of kale. Um, but I also want to talk, I know we spent some time talking about kind of looking at beauty from a different lens. And I also since you have the founder of Achievaholics and it just sounds super duper cool, I'd love to what is an achieve achievaholic?
2: Yeah. Um, so an achievaholic is a person like myself. Previous Neda, a person who has to do serial achievement to be to feel alive, like has to be working on a project to feel like they're worth something or that they are of value, has to be accomplishing something at all times to feel Mm -hmm. needed, Um, and that's who I was when I first began. I mean, the first I always say, like the first hit was with the buying the dental practice, starting the dental practice with blood, sweat, and tears from from, you know, this, you know, sob story of being fired to then taking on this failing dental practice and and growing it to this boutique luxury high-end dental practice. And, you know, so much pride and joy and love poured into that. Um, So it was very um, exhilarating. And, you know, everybody's like, wow, Netta, I can't believe you did this. And, you know, that becomes kind of the... um, that's the hook that gets you and you want more of that and you want more of that praise and you want to impress people more and um you know at the time I didn't realize that at the time mm-hmm. I thought well this is who I am and I always wanted to have a dental practice and well I love aesthetics so now I'm going to have an aesthetic practice and so then came i mean really how it happened was that all these patients were coming to see me even if they didn't I wasn't their dentist they were coming um, to see me for Botox and fillers because they their friends said, oh, this dentist is doing it and your husband won't know because your husband will think you're paying a dental bill. Um, oh. So really that's how it began. And then my husband, who is a physician, um, and I told him, I said, you know, we have this opportunity to really grow this if you want to open a med spa and I'll do everything, but, you know, it'll be much easier if a physician opens it. And he said, you know, I believe in you. I believed in you then. I believe in you now. So I, I'm there for it. And um, so when we opened that second practice, it was kind of like, well, we have this opportunity to grow. I can either keep it small within the dental office, or we can really flourish um, in aesthetics. And I'm 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 forgetting what the original question was, but I got I went on a tangent. We were
1: we were just talking about what an achievaholic is. And oh yeah, you did great. Thank you. You did great. So then
2: that then that was the second hit. But then it, it wasn't as exciting like that. I didn't keep the high for as long. And then I had kids and then I we bought the house and then the vacations. And it's like, there's not an amount of money I can spend. There's not enough Chanel bags I can buy. Mm-hmm. There's not enough uh, fancy events I can throw that would make me feel that same high of the first one or f- that sense of fulfillment. It was like, I know I'm meant for more like Dr. Erica. I know I'm meant for yeah. more. Like, what is it? Why am I not feeling fulfilled? And that's really where, where Achievaholics comes in because there's nothing wrong with achievement. Like yeah. that's what America's built on. The whole world for that matter is built on this, you know, drive to achieve. And what I came to find out is really that it matters what, what gas you put in your, um, yeah. pink. Like what is the motivator? Because once you're in alignment with who you are and what you want and you feel really secure and knowing that like your value, you're 100% of value and complete without doing anything. Like just because you are born and because you are, you are incredibly valuable and you are whole and complete and you don't have to prove that to anybody. And so this kind of idea of like I'm not defined by my accomplishments. I already am fabulous allows you to be who you are regardless of your accomplishments. And I know sometimes it becomes kind of confusing the way I say it. So if you can help me find an easier way to say it, I'm well, okay. And,
1: and I love one of the things that resonated so much when you were telling me about it is this concept of, of being driven to constantly achieve, to prove value. Because I see a long, I, besides working with high performing professionals i know a ton and it's it's this it's this weird culture of you have to be doing something and it's a little bit different than staying busy but it's i have to be hitting this milestone or achieving this constantly and there's never any it's a weird culture of it that you don't get a moment where people you actually feel successful and i feel like that's the difference between someone that is Maybe achieving and doing things, and maybe it's goal-driven or it's purpose-driven, but they get to see the joy in the accomplishments. And I feel like the way you're describing it, it's that concept that a lot of high-performing professionals are, is no matter how much they achieve, it's never enough. Yes. So and- that's exactly an Achievaholic.
2: That's, that's see, a very that means precise you,
1: way of saying it.
2: That means you explained it well. Oh, good. Yay. See? Yes. And, and I think like my, what's on my heart and my mission is that just to, to bring light to the fact that accomplishment is fantastic, but it's not necessary to prove your value. Like, and once you get to that place, it's almost like the accomplishments like flow through you, like Mm -hmm. the geyser, you can't shut up. I always say like, may um, um, those fountains of you become geysers of you. And that's exactly what I feel like has shifted in my own life. Once I I changed my, my motivators and I really got in touch with who I was and who I am. And that person is always changing and I'm always celebrating that person where she is right now and also really really being very excited for who she's becoming too. So I think it's also very much in that celebration of now um, that allows you that feeling of success because you're so right. I was like, I couldn't find success. Where is success? not here it's not there yeah. I can't find it um, and and it was right within me all along Um,
1: so well and that, I love that that kind of also puts a perspective that pulls away all these external validators of, of value so that it, your value isn't depending on all these people or all these things or how someone perceives you or if they think it's valuable 100% that then to Erica. And before we transition to the speed round, I have one more question. When did you feel like you were really beautiful? I'm just curious. I love that you
2: asked this question because nobody believes me that I, I did not feel beautiful for a very long time. Um, and I was like that acne, mustachey Middle Eastern girl growing up in the South that people, when I first started school in Virginia, they thought I was a boy. Or I heard people talking behind my back, like, yeah. is that a girl or a boy? Like, she has a mustache.
1: Mm.
2: And I think that's where, like, the med spa <laughs> came in. That's probably the seed that mm-hmm. created the med spa. Um, but, yeah, it really – I always knew I was beautiful, but I didn't feel that I was beautiful. Okay. Um, probably until – there were always moments of it. Like through high school, I remember um, when I was in college, Kim Kardashian became like the it mm-hmm. girl. And I was like, oh, my God, somebody with curves, somebody with brown hair, somebody with yeah. at the time she had more of a natural nose. Yeah, and she's incredibly beautiful now, too. Um, but I think that was the first time I saw somebody who looked like me um, at the forefront. And she really allowed me to see myself as beautiful and capable. Um, but there was still moments only there. I would say it wasn't until I, I went through this transition and this transformation of recognizing that I determine what beauty is and and being connected to me is what and and the time I realized it had happened was that um, I was taking a photo and somebody said to me oh is your left side or your right side your good side and I was I was like it's all, it's all it's all my good side <laughs> What do you mean? It's all the it's all my good side, um. And I do. I I feel beautiful with makeup. I feel beautiful without makeup. I feel beautiful dressed up. I feel beautiful bumming it because it's all a representation of who I am. I think the only times I don't feel beautiful is when I'm trying to be somebody I'm
1: not. Mm-hmm. Oh, that's that's deep. <laughs> I'm so glad I asked that question. I love you. Oh, I love you back. You. I mean cuz I feel like that's a a hard thing for for a lot of women because what is determined is beautiful is such a narrow society considers beautiful is so narrow that if you don't fall in that there are so many women that the only day they feel beautiful is their wedding day cuz it's something very special about the makeup and the hair and the way people do everything for you on your wedding. And the fact that there are so many women that that's when you know, they feel beautiful that moment and that's it, that they don't have people spontaneously stop them and say, oh, you're really pretty or anything like that. And it's not that they're not beautiful. It's just people are used to one specific, yeah one specific look and the fact that, you know, there have been studies that people get treated better if they're determined to be more attractive and those kinds of things. It's just, you know, I love that we're starting to expand the conversation around beauty so that it you don't have to have fair skin, long hair, a thin nose. You know? Yeah, no, absolutely. I absolutely I think
2: I mean there's so many things I can say on that, but to be concise, I feel like beauty is power and there's no denying that. And and that's why we're all going after it. But the definition of what beauty is comes from that connection with yourself, that feeling of confidence and and full value without having to prove that or have somebody from the outside tell you you're beautiful like i know i'm beautiful like mm-hmm. i don't need anybody to say that i am wide nose dark skin hairy upper lip or not like i feel beautiful um and it's been a journey it didn't happen overnight but i think if i can help others get to that point faster not only with respect to beauty but also value and and mm-hmm you know, the whole existence, um, I know that then I have, now I am on that
1: journey to like really fulfilling my purpose. Well, I I know you're fulfilling your purpose. I feel it. Oh, thank you. I feel it in my spirits. Yes. So this is a great time for us to transition to the speed round because at some point I have to let Dr. Netta leave, even though I love her. <laughs> Ditto. She doesn't get to hang out with me all night because she has stuff to do. I'm excited. <laughs> so the first one is, what is the best compliment that you have received? Oh, um,
2: I had somebody pull me aside um, at a party, like maybe three or four months ago. And she said, I noticed something about you. So I really like. And and I was like, oh, thanks. Like, I'm thinking like my scent. Like, I love perfume. So mm-hmm. I thought maybe my perfume. I get that a lot. People ask me what I'm wearing. She's like, um, your energy. It's just it's so attractive. And I was like, Oh my God, who are you? I love that. That's like the best compliment. Cause I know, you know, people see how you look, they can smell how you smell, but to feel who you are, mm-hmm. like that's
1: a deeper connection. That is like the best compliment that I could ever get. Wow, that is wonderful. So my next one is, is what is one piece of advice you'd like to give to your younger self? The desires that you
2: have are valid. Um, They were put in your heart for a reason. Don't let anybody make you feel wrong for wanting big things.
1: I am here for it. And the last one is what is your superpower beyond having the cutest dogs? (laughs) Thank you. Um, I will say a lot of
2: people say to me – like, how do you do everything that you do? Like, you have a very busy social life. You have multiple businesses. You're very connected with your employees and your staff. Um, so I think, yeah, that's my superpower is is being everything and nothing at all at the same time. We didn't get a chance to talk about this concept, but it really helped me shift into this feeling of of complete um, completeness is understanding that, like, none of my accomplishments are Uh, who I am and I am none of them, but I'm also everything from this place of zero, like nothing defines me. And from this place of zero, I can be anything and everything to anybody and anyone. Um, And so really connecting and understanding where connecting and with people where they're at and and understanding how I can be a
1: part of their um, growth is I think my gift. I am so, I'm so touched. I just, I feel so sensitive right now. So do you have any final words or takeaways you'd like to give to the people of Better Nation? I feel really blessed to have met you. I
2: feel a deep connection with you myself, and I'm so excited to have a new friend. Um, I can't wait till you come to Boston. Um, I'm so honored to be here with you guys, and please feel free to reach out to me on social media, um, and I'd I'd love to connect more.
1: Oh, I love it. And where can the people find you on these
2: internet streets? Um, yeah, so my website is netahovezi.com and my Instagram is at netahovezi. And yeah, that's probably the
1: best two ways. Great. And if um just so you all know, because you may not know a lot of people who with the name Hovezi, their information is in the in the show notes. (laughs) You're not quite sure how to smell how to spell it, you know. Yeah, and we've got you.
2: if you're in the Boston area, you can also always come see me as a patient as well. My my dental practice is Lumiere Dental Spa, and my aesthetic
1: practice is Lumi Aesthetics. I feel like I need to see a dental spa. Like I feel like I have not been living enough. You need a big TV on the screen. <laughs> yes, like I, I when you say dental spa, this vision of sitting there and someone's cleaning your teeth but rubbing your hands, <laughs> you know. And I know I have just taking it to a level where that probably does not actually exist, but well, it did before COVID. We did have like <laughs> a
2: hand massager, neck massagers, heated blankets, pillows. <gasps> but it just became very hard to like maintain those things. Yeah. Like the new standards. I would say we could probably bring it back, but I don't know. That's I'll put it on the to-do list. <laughs>
1: <laughs> be like, we're we're making all of Dr. Erica's dreams come true. Then I'll be like, I guess I gotta go to, to go to Massachusetts. Yes, please move to, back to get to get my dental work. Now I'm not. Uh, you got to find me a husband for me to move move back. Oh well, I'm good at that too. You know I am Persian. <laughs> <laughs> I keep my eyes peeled. I, I always remember I went to medical school. And then I'm gonna get back on track with a young lady that was Persian. She had an arranged marriage, but ended up with like the hottest, sweetest dude ever. It's like one of those things. You're like, I don't even know if you could find someone like that on your own. <laughs> but it was like she hit the jackpot her husband was phenomenal oh that's awesome yeah you know
2: um <laughs> my my marriage was not arranged but it was introduced um so mm. my my husband and i were introduced through our family and um like i never thought i would be that person but there's something about like when people who really love you bring you together they have good intentions. I mean, it's mm-hmm. it's not like they want you to meet somebody who's not good. And so a lot of the kind of question marks are already answered for you. And so if you have that chemistry and you hit it off, it's almost like an easy like, yeah.
1: Mm-hmm. I'll have to keep you posted on how this goes. Uh, I, do, yeah. I, do, I do not suspect my family's bringing my, my future husband to me, but you know, never know. <laughs> they might surprise me one day.
2: They may. I mean, he's out there. He's looking for you just as much as you're waiting for him.
1: That would be great. So I, I know he's out there somewhere. I don't know where. <laughs> you know, as as we used to say when we we're younger, I guess God's preparing him for me. Yes, absolutely, <laughs> absolutely. <laughs> but what a lucky it, I, man he is. But I have a wonderful life, so I can't I can't complain at all. I have some of the best friends in the world, and I have a really great family. So I guess I should say, what are my wrap up things? So we have to always go. I have this thing of quotes that came from Tarje that for some reason it's always on time. The one that comes up this time is what is done in love is done well by Vincent van Gogh. And I think it ties into a lot of what we've been talking about looking at purpose, beauty, and, and reframing achievement, um, and turning back to self love. So I feel like what is done in love is done well. So And that if you have self-love, you're going to be okay. Yeah. Well, and I think also we're only able to give love
2: up to the level that we give it to ourselves. And we own that for ourselves. So really, it's like the more love you give to yourself, the more it runneth over and spills over your whole world. And if you lead with love, you can't go wrong.
1: That is so true. So to all of you all, thanks for tuning in today. Number one, thank you for trusting myself and Dr. Netta to be in your ears. But the second is thank you for taking time to invest in yourself. Because you know what? This this time period that you spent with us was just for you. So thank you. The next thing is I want you to know if you like what you heard, do me a favor and rate a review. It helps us get more content. The next is follow and subscribe. You know I like dropping bonuses. This way you know everything that's going to be going on. So if you could do that for me, I would really appreciate it. The last thing is share it. You know, this does not need to be the best-kept secret of the podcasting world. So, you know, you can tell your best friend, the dog walker, your Uber driver, grocery store clerk. You got options. Your best. I say your best friend, your co-worker? You just tell folks your Facebook crew. You got options. Just let us let people know we're here. The last thing is please take your left hand, put on your right arm, take your right hand, put on your left arm, give yourself a big squeeze because you deserve a hug. Just don't do this if you're driving. Can't have anything happening to you. Can't have you saying Dr. Erica told me to take my hands off the wheel. And until next time, if you start missing me a lot, you can always listen to other episodes of Better with Dr. Erica. But officially until next time, have a better day. Find me on social media at Dr. Erica, D-O-C-T-O-R-E-R-I-C-K-A on all social media and online at betterthepodcast.com. That's betterthepodcast.com. If you like what you heard, tap on that subscribe or follow button. Then click share and click rate and review. Now don't panic if you don't see rate and review. Sometimes it mainly shows up on Apple Podcasts and Audible. But I appreciate hearing your feedback. Check back weekly for new episodes. They drop on Tuesday mornings. Until next time, be better, do better, live better.
0: Better with Dr. Erica. If you enjoy podcasts like this, you should check out our other shows on Health Podcast Network. For example, Hopeful Hints, hosted by Dr. Tara, guides and supports those on the often challenging and isolating journey of women's health concerns and infertility there's a particularly powerful episode that you should check out called All Things Endometriosis, which dives deep into understanding the condition to help the many women who suffer from endometriosis and have no idea they have it, and healthcare providers who are uneducated about it, making the diagnosis process so difficult. Check out Hopeful Hints on your favorite podcast platform or visit healthpodcastnetwork.com.